Our subject on tonight is the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. This time involves believers giving an account of their lives to Christ. Get your eyes off the unbelievers because you and I must appear before him first. We should not look at the judgment seat of Christ as God's judging our sins, but rather as God rewarding us for our living or our lives. Part of this is surely answering for the sins that we committed or living in, but primary focus is rewarding believers based on their faithfulness, their service to the Lord. What you did or what you didn't do. Some things we might be judged on how well we obey the Great Commission. How victorious we were over sin. How well we controlled our tongue. If you would run to Matthew 18, I mean 28 verses 18 through 20. For some reason, the saints of God don't think that they plays a part in carrying out the ministry. As the preachers has a part in the ministry, so do the saints of God has a part. Amen? 28 and 18 said, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Now, he was speaking at this point in time to his disciples. Amen. It speaks of the living Christ sent forth his ambassadors to proclaim the gospel throughout the entire world. The Great Commission is not just an order, but a pronouncement. A pronouncement of victory by the risen Savior through his disciples. The commission is still worldwide. Haven't stopped. It's still worldwide. Hand down, guess what? To the church to carry on. This commission is still to the church. The church is the vehicle of Christ's mission to the world. Amen. So church, we still got this commission to carry on. It ain't over till God says over. You and I don't have no time to quit. 
no retirement in salvation. <laughs> somebody came in retirement. Come on, somebody. Ain't no retirement in this. You got to endure it to the end. Come on, somebody. You know what? You got to witness to the end. You got to tell somebody about Jesus Christ to the end, come. Your mouth has been too silent. Hello, somebody. We, 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 we've been guilty of being able, of talking about everything, witnessing about everything except Christ. Amen. So, he's going to judge us how victorious we were over sin. Uh-oh. Oh, boy, that's a big one, ain't it? Go to Romans chapter 6. Romans 6, starting at verse 1. Are we there? Let's read. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not? That so as many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ. Baptized into who? Were baptized unto his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also shall walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness. We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin may be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We got to be an, can I say it? We got to be an exterminator of sin in our life. Come on, somebody. Paul said that sin uh, generates grace. Do you keep sinning to cause more grace to be granted? Is it God forbid? Amen. Because guess what? One day, grace going to run out on you. And if you ain't got your business squared away before grace run out on you, you're going to be in trouble. The, thing of the, the matter of fact is, you got to work on you while you got grace. Grace afforded you an opportunity to work on you. The answer is, God forbid, perish that thought. We were baptized under Christ. It separates us from the old life and identifies us in the resurrection with the new life in Christ. We gotta be, we gotta be identified. With Jesus Christ. Come on somebody. When you are truly identified with Jesus Christ. You lose some of your old friends. When you are truly identified with Jesus Christ. You lose some family members. Come on somebody. Everybody don't see you like they used to see you. 
Amen. We were identified with all Christ accomplished in his death. Forever broken sin control over us. Wow. It was Jesus that did the work. All we got to do is bask in the glory. It was Jesus that did the work. All we got to do is follow his example. It was Jesus that did all the work. All we got to do is just follow his footsteps. Come on, somebody. Now we should live our everyday life manifesting the resurrection life in Christ, free from sin's control. Not free from sin, but free from the control of sin. Come on, somebody. Because even you, you, I, and everybody else, one day we messes up. Huh? But we don't have to be controlled by it. That's why we can come to the throne of grace and obtain help in the time of need. That's why we have a great high priest. Come on, somebody. So then, he said... We're going to be judged on how well we control our tongues. Ooh, that's a bad one there. Controlling that mouth. Go to James 3. That mouth can get us in so much trouble. Huh? Amen. That mouth can get you in so much trouble and you don't even have to leave your house for it to get you in trouble. The devil have made it convenient for them. They call it telephone. James 3, verses 5 through 10. Let's read it. Even so, the tongue is a little member and... Can't that little rascal boast some tough stuff? Amen. Man, that little tongue uh, have, have you telling folk that you nine feet tall when you four foot five. Come on now. It'll have you poking your chest out. Boasting great things. Behold how great a little fire kindle, and the tongue is a fire, a world, look what it said about your tongue, your tongue is a world of iniquity, wow, your tongue is a world of wickedness set among your members, that it defies, look what it does, it defiles the whole body and set the on course of nature and is set on fire. What? Wow. And you think your tongue won't send you to hell? Huh? Now you, 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 you think you don't have to put a watch over your mouth? Come on, somebody. Now you see why you have to watch how your, your, your tongue make you lie and set your whole nature on the course of hell. 
that what it says? Verse 7 says, For every kind of beast and bird and a serpent and other things in the sea is tamed and have been tamed. Huh? Man tamed them. Huh? Man put a bridle in their mouth. Man made them do tricks. <laughs> Man made them obey their voice. But look what it says in 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil. Full of. How is full of what? Deadly poison. Your tongue can kill folks. Your tongue can destroy folks. Amen. The tongue makes them awful mistakes in life. The tongue is a system of iniquity that sets on fire the whole course of life. And is even set on fire by Satan. Come on, somebody. We listen to him and we speak as he tells us to speak. When you were out there in the world, good God Almighty, look at some of the words that came out of your mouth. And you thought nothing of them. You thought they were big time words. Come on, somebody. I told that something, so and so and so and so, so and so something. And you were glad about it. But you didn't understand you were being controlled. James said, we can control the lesser creatures. Because, see, we are the greater. Because we were built after the image of God. We can control the lesser creature of creation, but we can't control our own tongue. Sometimes it'll do us good to bite it before we, <laughs> before we let some of the stuff come out of it that comes out of it. The word ouch might save us. Huh? It's been burning up inside of you and you just got to say what it is. I just I, I just got to tell my I can't hold it. I'm going to tell her. I've been trying to hold this all day, but I got to, I got to let her know, Lamont. <laughs> <laughs> because you find it hard to control your tongue. The writer used the phrase, salt water cannot make sweet water. So the person who curses others cannot bless God. We try to curse man and try to bless God out of the same mouth. Christ is going to judge us on it. If you're still cursing, you need to get on the altar. Ask God for deliverance. You don't want to come to the judgment seat of Christ with that type of baggage. You don't want to come to the judgment seat of Christ and, let, and your tongue is going to condemn you. Come on, somebody. Amen. So,
we look at the lesson, when we come upon the judgment seat of Christ, crowns, we, 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 we basically want God to give us a crown. Am I correct? Basically, that's what we want from God, right? Crowns are based on picking up your cross and following Christ. They are based on your faithfulness to your service to Christ. The participants in the judgment seat of Christ are members of the New Testament church. That's why Christ going to be the judge. He going to judge the church, the New Testament church. Come on now. These are people who have trusted Christ as Savior from the day of Pentecost until the second coming of Christ for his church. Amen. These are the ones that started out in the church with God on the day of Pentecost and that day is still continuing to go on until Christ come back for the church. Amen. This is the time Christ is dealing with saints of the Most High. Huh? Don't be expecting for him to deal with the sinners. He's coming back. He's going to deal with the church. He's going to deal with that which is supposed to be part of his body. And that's us. The Bible tells us that uh, the time has come. That time has come and now. That judgment must begin at the house of God. And we think, and you know what? The, the problem is, we think that that's only when he returns. But judgment has already started in the house of God. God is already judging some of the stuff that is happening in the house of God right today. And if it first begin with us, somebody need to say first. Somebody say, I'm first on the list. If judgment don't begin with us first, then it said, what shall the end be of them that obey? Not the gospel of God. The gospel got to be preached. And the gospel got to be obeyed. Come on, somebody. We can go to church and we can uh, come to church week after week after week, but we're in trouble if we don't obey the gospel. We got to obey the gospel. Amen. Go to 1 Peter 4 and 17.
God ain't going to straighten out nobody's house until he get healed straightened out. God going to clean his house up and prepare. You know what he's doing? He's preparing it for departure. Did y'all hear that? He's going to prepare the church for departure because when the church leave here, it's going to leave here in righteousness. We got to understand that. The church is going to leave here in righteousness. And if we're not in righteousness with the church, we're not going. And if it begin with us, what will be the end of those who do not respect the gospel? Or believe or obey the good news. You got to respect God's word. You got to believe God's word. And you got to obey God's word. If you want to find out what your end going to be. And then look what he said. See this is why we have to really actually strive. Really strive to make an end. We got to do everything that we can. All we can. When we can. To make an end at all times. Because the scripture in verse 18 said. And if. The righteous. Now you got to remember what I told you. God going to make sure the church is righteous when he come to get it back. And those that are in it has got to be righteous to depart with the church. So now he said, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, you going to scarcely be, you going to scarcely make the scale of God. You're going to scarcely be approved to go to glory. Because you and I still going to have some fallacies and some flaws in our character. And some of them we're going to allow them to go unchecked. That's the fallacy of it. Is allowing to go unchecked when we got every opportunity to make it to the altar. He said, the righteous go scarcely be saved. Barely. Wow. I don't know if you understand barely. Huh? I characterize barely as getting in by the skin of your teeth. Amen. And he said, Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? If the church is full of ungodly folks, they're not going back with the church. Ungodly is in the house of God not obeying, not respecting, not adhering to the word of God, which puts you in the category of being ungodly. And then, category of the sinners, doing everything, whatever you want to do. 
whenever you want to do it. Huh? Hanging out with the hounds and the clowns. Huh? And still call yourself church. Come on, somebody. Letting your flesh run wild. And then try to bring it in. You know, let it run wild all week long. Then you try to bring it in on Sunday morning. You, you, you do it like you do them, 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 them uh, cows and them horses and sheep. You try to hurl them back in the pen on the weekend. <laughs> you don't let them graze everywhere they wanted to go through the week. You don't let your flesh ran wild all week long. Then you want to kind of hurl it in on the weekend. Ungodly. Sinners, where should your end be? What's your end going to look like? Come on, somebody. What, uh, I can say, what do you think God going to do with you? It is a fearful thing to fall in the hand of the living God. Huh? God can do some stuff to you that the doctor can't take off. Come on, somebody. And make you suffer as long as he wants you to suffer. Amen. Peter said, if I were working Christ... It's going to be heavily scrutinized. We need to get the work of the kingdom of God done before payday comes. Don't worry about who's not doing or who's not living because the judge is passing our rewards and the judge is passing our sentence. Falling short of your accountability will come under question on the on that day. And that is the judgment on the day of the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, your accountability is going to come under question. God going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you to do? Wow, you do know he already got the answer. <laughs> Come on, somebody. So we can't waste our time worrying about being more concerned about those who choose to be unbelievers. We are so entwined with not only just friends, but family members of folks not believing God. But guess what? They got to give an accountability of that. You just keep believing. Amen. Yes, I love for loved ones to be saved, but if they choose not to be saved, oh well. I can't stop believing God because they stop. They have an end time. These are your times to make it good or make it bad. It's your choice. 
God is dealing with sons and daughters, not illegitimate children, not bastards. He's dealing with sons and daughters. If your kinfolk decide to be a bastard, oh well. If my kinfolk decide to be a bastard, oh well. I'm going to be a child. I'm going to be a son. And I hope you're going to be a son and a daughter. Because you can't take nobody to heaven with you. You got to make your stay good. Come on, somebody. You got to make your accountability acceptable unto God. This can be a great thing for those that stay in the will of God and keep up their consecration and dedication with God or to God. This is defined as living a spiritual life that makes heaven a plum. You mean to tell me we can live a life to the point that even heaven gives us a clap? That heaven gives us an applause for living a life that God has, has expected us to live. Come on now. Can you imagine how heaven applauded Job? How Job stood up against the works of Satan and never bowed down, never, never uh, cursed God, never gave up on God. Even God was applauding Job because he said, have you considered and he said, he just said, Job, he said, my servant, Job, one that next you evil. Come on, somebody. Can God, is God going to be able to say that about us? Is God going to have a statement to say about us that makes Satan mad behind the life that we lived before God? Or is he going to be laughing at our life? Amen. We don't have to be over-concerned about how people evaluate your walk with God. That's the problem we have. We're too worried about how folks think. Come on now. I can give a hoot about how you feel about how I walk with God. You got to worry about how you walk with God. You're watching me and you're going to stumble in a ditch. Come on, somebody. But you better be concerned how God view you and grade you. We are not standing before man's court of law or his heaven. But we still, we will still stand before the great throne of God to hear what Jesus Christ has to say about our living. We must ask ourselves the question, am I a faithful steward over the things of God? It is required in steward that a man be found faithful. Judgment seat of Christ will be centered on two types of retribution. My ammunition is for you to go after all you can receive in Christ Jesus and not out of his will. We stops. We stops at water baptism. We stops at getting filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't think that there's anything else in God that we ought to be after. 
You need to be after everything you can get out of God that you can get out of God. Come on, somebody. You need, and, and most of all, you need strength to live this thing. Amen. You need God's wisdom. You need God's understanding. And you need God's knowledge. Come on now. And you need to try to advance as far in God as you can advance. Because guess what? God got some things in your life that he would bring into focus if you would try to seek him out. God knows more about what's in you than you do. So we should be looking at receiving the crown and receiving the rewards. Uh, don't just be uh, got your mindset, oh, I'm just going to try to make it in. Try to get all that you can get out of God before you get there. Because guess what? Your, your, your living, your life in heaven is still going to be based on how you lived down here. Huh? If you live down here on the basics, when you get the glory, all your crown is going to be based on is the basics. <laughs> but if you try to get all that you can get out of God while you were down here, God going to reward you for your efforts and your completions on what he has given you to do. Come on now. You know, we as this team, we try to do the less as we can. Huh? Come on, somebody. What if God did less as he can for us? Come on now. We always too tired. We always got too much to do. Come on now. And guess what? It's all for the gratification of the flesh. None of it is for God. But we want all God's blessing. We want God, when we get there, we look at when we get there, we want God to give us the biggest crown he got up there. Huh? And all we deserve is a feather. For doing nothing. Come on, somebody. I want all God has to give me. I want the crown of eternal life. Most of all. And I also want the rewards of service and faithfulness. Ask yourself, what shall I receive from the Lord standing at his judgment? What are you working toward at the great meeting of the church of Christ? This won't be the time for you to point fingers at the unbeliever or others. This court will be in session for all those that are called by the name of Christ. Uh-uh. So now we got to venture off into all those that are called by the name of Christ. Over in Second uh, Chronicle chapter 7. And the verse is 14. 
I, I, I like verses 12 down through. That because it tells us how in control of everything God is. Amen. Verse 12 says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard. Have he heard you? Have you called on him lately to the point that he heard you? And you know that he heard you? Because he spoke back to you. And I have chosen this place to myself for a house. Wow. You got to watch how you bring yourself to the house of God. You got you to gotta make sure you are in the place where God has sanctified for his sacrifices. And it's hard for us to give God a sacrifice of praise. Huh? Come on, somebody. It seems like it, 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 it just so, like you just loaded down that you just cannot give God a, a real outburst of praise and worship. Where do you think your help come from? Where do you think your deliverance come from? Some of your deliverance will come through your praise if you would give God a heartfelt, honest praise. But guess what? He said in the house of sacrifice, you want him to come to your house. Huh? You, you want God to deliver to you at home. Now Walmart do that, not God. Come on, somebody. 13 verse says, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, and he have done it before, or I, if I command the locusts to devour the land, he have done that before, or if I send pestilence among my people, he have done that before. God ain't talking about something he haven't already done. And will do again. Then he said, But if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal. So let's back up a little bit. When this promise was originally given to Solomon regarding the people of Israel, it is certainly applicable to all who were called on the name of the Lord in repentance and faith. The writer said this verse stands as a high expression of God's loving readiness to hear the prayers of a repentant people. Don't nobody want to repent. They just want God to give. Don't nobody want to repent. They just want to tell the Lord, Lord, forgive me. That ain't repentance. Come on, somebody. You got to get down dirty with what's in you and tell God to help you to get it out of you. Come on, somebody. 
You don't want to identify what's in you that needs to come out of you. You just want to ask God to forgive you. There's some dirty stuff down there. And God knows what's down there. Amen. So, are you called by his name? Do your life identify with Christ? See, it's, your life has got to identify with Christ to be called by his name. Nobody just pick up his name and wear it. Come on, somebody. You got to be identified with him. If you don't just pick up his name and, and wear it, you are a thief and a robber. You got to be identified with Christ. Have you humbled yourself? Then he said, humble yourself. So, have you reduced yourself in pride? Have you brought yourself down to the feet of Christ? Have you reduced yourself in your flesh? Come on, somebody. Have you brought your mind down? Huh? Too many folks want Christ, but they want to keep a high mind. Too many folks want Christ, but they want to keep a haughty spirit. Too many folks want Christ, but they want to be their own boss. You want his goods, but he can't rule over you. Good God Almighty. Are you searching for help from God? 
to please God? You know, we got to look for those things or search for those things or seek for those things that is pleasing unto God. That's when we get God's help. We get God's strength. We get God's power. Come on now. God ain't just dealing out power like a, like a deck of cards, y'all. He ain't doing it. You're going to seek him. You're going to seek God or you're going to get zero. Amen. Are you searching? Are you attempting to find or, 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 or attain knowledge and understanding of the truth of God's word. God's word has got to get to the point y'all. That it blow your mind. God's word has got to get to the point. That when you really got your heart searching God's word. And it jumps out at you. Your expression has got to be wow. Look at God. And see, and if you don't search to attain knowledge and understanding, you will not turn from your wicked ways. Come on now. Because you ain't going to have nothing to turn you. Turn here, did you move to a different position in the relationship or did you move to a different position in relation to its surrounding or its previous position that you was in? Did you change direction from the sin and the way the old man lived? Did it make a difference? Did you turn? Did you change? Oh. Uh, are we still dibbling and dabbling? We good at dibbling and dabbling. Huh? Like the pastor said, we good at hokey pokey. Come on, somebody. But is your direction changed? Is where you hang out changed? Have the people that you associate with changed? Because if you still hanging out with wickedness, wickedness still dwells in you. And you're going to do the wickedness that they do. And then come up on Sunday and say, I'm still saved. Hey, y'all. Everybody, you've been there. You've done that. Come on, somebody. You didn't come through that door squeaky with tired. Gain didn't get the smell out of you, out of your out of your flesh. Amen. Then he said, "Then, then, y'all, then I will hear from him. Then it's after you done done what you needed to do." Then is that the next time afterward? No, I 
from God on your behalf until the requirements of being has been met. Wow. We want God to skip over the den. But he's not. We got to line up with what God has said. And he said, then I will listen to you. Ooh. Look what God said we got to do before he even listened to us. So guess what? If we ain't done that, guess what they're doing, Pastor? It's hitting the ceiling and coming right back down. Wow. God said, he would, then he would hear from heaven. Then you would get a hold through. Then you would get in contact with him. Until you do all the above, your den don't come. I would listen. I would take in what you say. I may even hearken unto what you're saying. I will become aware of. I will get wind of your cry and give attention. Lord have mercy. Look what we got, we got to do to get God's attention. Amen. Can you imagine God trying to listen to every prayer that that uh, uh, the people that are living unrighteous, how, my God. God don't open his ears to that. God is listening for the righteous prayer. God is listening for them that are trying to reach him. God is listening for them that really need deliverance and they know they need deliverance. God is listening to them that has humbled themselves. God is listening to them that has turned from their wicked way. God is listening to those that are seeking his face. He ain't listening to everybody. And guess what? And the devil know he ain't listening to everybody. And he asking in some of y'all dumb prayers. And y'all think it's God. Because you know why I said that? Because a lot of your prayers is about your flesh. And the devil is quick to answer them. And you walk around here talking you heard from God. You heard from a God, but it wasn't the God. Oh, y'all don't think the devil talk, do you? Y'all don't think he get in your ear, do you? He'll get in your ear in a New York second. God said, when I hear from heaven and I listen to your cry and I give an attention to you, then I will forgive your sin. Once you get God's attention is when you get your sins forgiven. You got to get God's attention. God will keep his word. There's no lie in him. He is a faithful God. And he only can forgive your sins or pardon you. He will stop being resentful towards you if you seek him. 
Other than that, you are an offense to God. Wow. That's what you mean we can walk around here and be an offense to God and think we in? Our flaws and mistakes are against his righteousness. So we got plenty to try to seek God for. We got plenty to try to get a hold through to God for. So he has stated a proposal to clear your debts and to forgive your sin. If my people that are called by my name, oh, you got to qualify. <laughs> you got to meet that qualification of being God's people. Amen. That's introducing a conditional clause on the condition you fulfill the requirements specified by God. And then he said, and will heal their land. Heal, heal. Then you will receive treatment. Oh, somebody mind needs some treatments. Come on, somebody. Woo! Somebody mind need treatments. Real bad. Come on, somebody. He will treat our wounds, our injuries. He will become sound. We will become sound and healthy again. We need a healthy mind, Pastor. We need a healthy spirit. We can't run after God with a sick mind and a sick spirit. We need a healthy spirit and a sound mind so our living space uh -oh, needs God's healing. God needs to heal our living space. Huh? God needs to heal where we live. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You're looking for God to heal America. You need God to heal your living space. Amen. America might not never get healed. But you need God to heal your living space. Amen. So then we get down to where we have the opportunity to receive the most awesome life that is out of this world, reserved in glory. We don't look at it like that no more, Richard. This thing that we're trying to live for is out of this world. Come on, somebody. We jeopardize it all the time of losing our spot with God and losing the most precious thing that we can ever get and that's eternal life which is out of this world. <laughs> what are you willing to give for it? What are you willing to exchange for eternal life? Or for who? Or for what? So, we'll deal with a little bit of crowns. Not going to get far, but we got far enough. Crowns. A circular ornament headdress worn by a monarchy 
as a symbol of authority. Usually made of, of a decorate with precious metals and jewels. A jewel crown or headband worn as a reward symbolizing honor given for merit or victory. Do you want your crown? Do you want to be crowned with honor? Do you want God to crown you with his glory? Come on, somebody. Do you want to walk around in heaven wearing the glory of God on you? Wow. Amen. Walking around basking in his presence. His anointing filling the heavens. The whole heaven energized by him. I don't even think the Garden of Eden had anything on it. The reason I say that because he put flesh in Garden of Eden. Ain't gonna be no flesh in heaven. Amen. Let's go to Revelation chapter 2 verses 10. Verse 10 and 11. Well, let's do 9 because the very first part of that verse 9 says a whole lot about what God already knows. Okay? Verse 9 says, I know he knows your works. Did y'all hear me? God knows your works. He knows whether you're doing anything for him or just doing it all for yourself. I know your works and what? And tribulate. He knows what you're going through. He knows your trial. He knows whether you're going through your trials or you fall into your trial. And poverty. But thou art rich. Oh, it's based on your flesh. And I know the blaspheme of them which said they are Jews and are not, but are in the synagogue of. You gotta watch the congregations you hang out in. Every building that opens up is not the house of God. It may wear a religious title or name to it, but guess what? You better watch what you eat there. You better know where to eat at. Satan is serving up 